2: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com.
1: And welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker, on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. If you're on the air and you still hate that you're on it, but you want to be on it with other people that hate it, Ryan wrecker radios where to go. <laughs> I do want to take some of your calls in general. There's a few things I still want to get to. One of those has to do with the statue garden that President Trump put a list of 244 American heroes on the list. What exactly is it? I also want to talk about the World Health Organization. Um, they're talking about who is right and who is wrong to get the vaccination right now. And same thing here in Missouri, the next phase is starting to roll out. Uh, when will that begin and who's going to be eligible for that? We'll talk about that too, but I want to take some more of your calls first at 314-436-7900. Let's go to Bill who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America.
3: Ryan, how you doing? Good. Hey, you got a message from my brother Moose last week on Facebook and <laughs> He sent you a picture of the screen where his thirty day suspension was extended to beyond the inauguration, as if him in northeastern Oklahoma is some kind of a threat to the inauguration, so his
1: uh, yeah uh, I, I days, do remember getting that uh, i 'm curious, do you know what he posted to get his account locked did he did he say or do something that wasn 't that good he said
3: uh, basically that it was a stolen election, and uh, cited several reasons why he believed that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it made sense to me, but it also makes sense to about 70 million other people, too. But, okay,
1: so that's all he said, nothing else in there that no, was inciting violence or nothing like that? No
3: words or nothing like that, no threats, uh, no nothing oh, like weird. that. But, I mean, here's a guy who can't hardly walk. And they got to censor him because they think he's going to go to D.C. and tear something up. But all the patriotic websites of all the people who are conservatives, most of them all have a message that says uh, comments have been disabled on this site.
0: Hmm.
3: So you can post something, but then nobody can add anything to it.
1: Right. Wow. Well, I'll have to keep an eye on that. I know there's a lot of people affected by it, and I I, I keep looking at the. uh,
3: By the way, the Tulsa World is also kicking people off the page uh, left and right who disagree with uh, uh, left-wing ideology. Almost all papers are left-wing.
1: So that's your local newspaper that's doing that. They're picking the things that could go on the website.
3: It's about fifty miles south. Yeah.
1: Oh, I see. Tulsa World's
3: biggest paper in the region.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, that's something else then.
3: Anyway, All I right, think well, the nations committing suicide, and I'm extremely afraid that uh, our gas prices have never been lower. It was energy de- independent, in de- and I just can't believe poor people would ever vote for a Democrat
1: that's an interesting thought bill but uh, let me talk about a little bit about that energy thing you brought up and thank you very much for the call yeah there's been a lot of censorships that have been hitting hard on social media and online and some of which you wonder why would twitter or Facebook allow some of these world leaders that chant death to america to continue on their platform but you're talking about someone uh, that's in Oklahoma that disagrees with the election and posts something online about it, gets a 30 day ban. What's up with that? And the other thing was the arrest that happened last week, where there was someone that over the summer decided to start his own organization based on the riots that were going on in favor of the protests and riots. Uh, someone along the lines of a Black Lives Matter organization, someone that was there and documented himself aggravating and being part of the rioting on January 6th, someone that was wearing Trump paraphernalia to be a plant It admitted to these things online, was arrested for that. Somehow he still has a platform where they allow him to do things online. All of the Everything uh, about him you can go online and see on these social media platforms. And you scratch your head and you wonder, well, someone that was arrested and caught doing these things and was propagating these things online and posting videos of him doing these things online and the things that he was used, I'm sure, now for evidence to arrest him. uh, All of that was allowed back on, but if you disagree with something, you're out for 30 days. That doesn't make sense. The energy independence side with the Keystone Pipeline, like I mentioned yesterday, I was surprised to hear that the Canadian side of the story is that they are not happy with this. This really limits their ability to get oil out of the country, and there's a lot of stockpiles of oil. Oil, and it's a big moneymaker for them. So it's more difficult for them to do that. Not good. What are they doing? So they're exporting it on train, <laughs> which is not a greatly efficient way to do it. So they look at the hassle that is about to come their way with the Keystone pipeline being closed down, or at least uh, what the indication is Joe Biden would be signing that on. Let's go to John, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America.
3: Hey, Ryan. This is John. I really enjoy your show. I appreciate you taking my call. I- I had a couple of questions for you I'm curious about. Do you think because of such a freakish election this year with like 100 million mail-in ballots, that that will continue after the next four years? Or do you think, because clearly it was the agenda they wanted, that that will change? Could that number go up? Or do you think finally conservatives will get out and say, no, let's try to do something about that? Do you think it will get
1: worse? No. Here's here's the thing that would make me believe that it's going to get worse, and again, I don't have a crystal ball on this, but I think oh, that I even when uh, Donald Trump won in 2016, he said... There's massive election fraud going on. He was someone that called out, that I believe there's election fraud and the ability that's for fraud. That's right, he did. Even, yeah. even when he won. And part of the idea was we need to get better laws in place so the verification process is one that you can, you can actually have a process. So if they're gonna, anything that's out there, we need to make sure you're representing yourself. And the opportunity for frauds not there. We need to eliminate those things. And the states balked at that. They said we don't need it. We don't have any problems. Things like that. So then you go from twenty or thirty million mail-in ballots to a hundred million with no changes in the system. And he's looking at this and saying, "I was calling for problems on this for years. States did nothing about it. And now look. Um, now that's why I'm contesting it because I just uh, this doesn't add up. So uh, let's move forward a couple of years. Um, will states make a move for this now? I don't think they will. I feel like if they were inactive, then they're going to continue to be inactive. That, I think, leads an open door for a lot of other people to be skeptical in the future. I think it would be smart for states to make the verification process better. So we know, I mean, we absolutely know, like here in Missouri, you have to, if I remember correctly, have your mail-in ballot notarized. That's a verification. You do have to, right. Yeah, that's a verification process. Um, not every state has those things. In some of these big areas where you saw massive influxes, statistically speaking, there's some questions there that I think that the Trump administration, if they wanted to, I guess, after he's out of office to continue to investigate this, to vindicate him in the future, maybe. If anything, I do believe we need to look back and make sure we are doing this as smart as we possibly can make sure we're doing this in a way where people can absolutely be verified and it's satisfactory so there's none of this gray area that i guess people could hold on to and cling on to in the future that's what i think they're going to have to do am i skeptical that'll happen i don't
3: think their vote's going to matter it's you know it's so many people i hear about now their vote doesn't matter they're not going to vote next time i I think that's broken. I mean, they've really got to kind of, why can't all the states come together and agree on one policy and everything get notarized or everything the same in the states? I know it's a bunch of hypocrisy, but shouldn't we do things all the same? I mean, wouldn't that be
1: better? I think there's a point to that. John, thank you very much for the call. And this is where it goes. I I feel if we're talking about these things, if we're going to try to make this satisfactory so we don't run into this problem again, that would be smart for us to do. But here's the problem. When you have two sides and you have one side on at least the Trump administration side saying there's massive fraud, but they can't produce the evidence for massive fraud. But they say there's massive fraud, but they can't say, OK, here's the clear evidence that we're able to present to you. We can show you small things, but we can't show you massive things. And then on the other side, you have them saying, you know what? We took 100 million votes in, but there is zero fraud. <laughs> They're saying there is none. So now you're you're put up against two things. One saying there's a lot and one saying there's zero. Is it somewhere in the middle? Was there some fraud? Is there a little bit of fraud? Is there a lot of fraud? But when you have both of the sides that are unwilling to budge on that, that makes it more difficult. I think we definitely are not prepared and we were not prepared for the sheer number of volume that came in in order to uh, account for some of these things. Uh, I just don't think that we uh, accounted for that properly. And. Kind of like the call we had before the hour was over in the last hour. I think that a lot of the contention is not the people that voted in person. So going to some of these areas and saying that, you know, someone had to go and vote somewhere else or whatever it was, a different district. And, you know, that's not really a good comparison that he brought up. But let's just say no one is contesting if you went into person, represented yourself and voted. No one's contesting that. The things that they were contesting were what was going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Were there multiple scans of things because there's videos that show this and that? And that was the type of lines that came up. And again, people looked at that as an assault on democracy to even bring that as a question. Um, I think, if anything, we really do need to revisit the way we do it. We do. Um, it doesn't change anything that's happening here on Wednesday. It, do- it never changed anything. In fact, even last year, I uh, I never said that the election was going to be overturned. I said that, I no, uh, Joe Biden will be inaugurated on the 20th of January, and that was that. And there were a lot of people that would call in and debate me on that and say this or that. I I never thought that there would be a chance, uh, a reasonable chance, or even really anything. It was all signs were Joe Biden was going to be in office. So I'm not someone that's out there that advocated for any of this to begin with. All I'm saying is, in the way the process works and what we've seen so far, we are definitely not a foolproof system. We are definitely not, I mean, completely sealed from all ends and everything was just 100% perfect. By no means are we at that point. However, the opposite side that says you're just sore and you hate America and you want to you know, storm the Capitol and all of those things, the ones that look at those that question this sort of thing and look at us like insurrectionists, are, are the ones that are saying there's no room for fraud. And that, I think, is just as unlikely as massive fraud. And that's part of the problem. I guess there's two sides not budging. 314-436-7900. This is Overnight America KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. And we spend time at night to try to go over some of the big topics of the day. And if you like that, Follow me and connect with me on Facebook. Ryan Recker Radio is what you search for. And uh, moving up, getting close to that thousand-like marker. That'd be great if we can hit that here soon. So if you're not already liking the page on Facebook and you hate Facebook just like me, you can. we can be in good company together. Ryan Recker Radio. We'll take some more of your calls. And let's go to Ron. Welcome to Overnight America.
0: Yes, uh, Ryan. Uh, this uh I was wondering, in regards to voting we were talking about, uh, were illegal any illegal aliens allowed to vote in the general election? Do you know? Hmm.
1: I don't know what that number is at or what how that was looked into. You know, that I don't think has been a storyline here. Um, in the past, that's been a storyline where people have raised the question. I haven't seen that as something that people have been concerned about. So I really don't know what the statistic is on that.
0: Yeah, because if that was significant... If there was a significant number that had voted, well, I can see where the Democrats would want to open up the borders again and let a lot of these aliens to come in because that builds their database because they're going to vote for the Democrats because the Democrats are talking about all these freebies and everything. And so it seems like that all falls in line if that's the case. I don't yeah, think that's, that's been it seems like citizens or should be the only ones that vote. Yeah and, that,
1: yeah, and that really should be the case. And, Ron, thank you for your call. That now has thing, been... Uh, oh, real quick, go ahead.
0: Okay, uh, since you're kind of into all this uh, science stuff, uh, I heard that this new uh, telescope they're putting up uh, is not going to be in orbit. It's actually going to be in an orbit between the sun and the and, and the Earth. It's kind of strange.
1: Which one are you talking about, the Webb? A new, uh, web?
0: that new uh, telescope that's going up to replace the Hubble.
1: The, the web telescope you're talking about? Yeah. Huh. I guess well, uh, I don't know where that's actually going to be orbiting. That's a good question. Well, thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. I didn't think it was going to be that far out. I'll have to double check. I've never heard that, but that's a topic for a different time. Let me just say in the past, we've always brought up the validity of, uh, of votes, if citizens are voting or not. I haven't seen that brought up as a storyline or a topic in this case. I think a lot of the focus from the Trump administration has to do with how the mail-in ballots were handled behind the scenes. And I don't know if they're contending any of that, if there's any contention of that, I really don't uh, on the other voting side. But then again, some of the states that are a little bit more loosey goosey on that, California, for example, uh, it makes you wonder, if they are looking towards that in the future with the majority in the House and Senate and Joe Biden in, and he's already talking about opening up. I wonder what that means in the future. I really do. Let's go to Brian. Welcome to Overnight America.
0: Hello. Um, right. my, my comment is, if, if there was no fraud, why aren't these voting places in question just throwing open their records saying, see, look, nothing here. One vote, one registered voter. Um, It would be very easy. But the fact that they're trying to hide it makes it all the more curious.
1: Okay. Thanks, Brian. I don't know how much hiding is going on, honestly. I feel like the the biggest concern for me is areas that have destroyed their ballots. So let's say there is more contention in the future. And we know that during uh, the time between the election and Last couple of weeks, really, towards the end of the year, that all of the different legal battles that continued to be brought up, there were problems because there wasn't sufficient enough um, argument to take it in front of the court. And let's just say that there were issues that 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 prevented the proper oversight then that could still be brought up in the future, I guess. Uh, how long do they have to keep the ballots? What about some of these other things that have been documented? I mean, there have been people arrested for voter fraud in places. I mean, there ha- that has happened in this case. So we know that it's it, even if some of the cases are completely minimal and to the lowest level, um, I think that the fight and the argument will continue. I don't know if that's going to go away. I think if we really wanted to make sure that we're going to put the best procedures in place, we need to come up with a better way of how we handle absentee and mail-in ballots. We definitely have to come up with a better way. One way that they do in Missouri is like through a notary. That's great. That is, an, that is a level of security that you are representing yourself. I think that we need to find a better way that you are validating your ballots. And if we can do that, you know what? If you want to make it more convenient to vote, by all means, do it. But voting in person for the president of the United States every four years is absolutely the safest way to do it, to be in person. And I feel like if we really wanted to have the most honest elections, that's what we have to rely on, you going in and doing it yourself. Uh, Let's go to Damon, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
2: Hey, how you doing? Uh, my name is Damon. Uh, I just want to say uh, just a couple of things quick. That, In my opinion, there was, there was no voter fraud in this case at all. Mm-hmm. And there, the thing that I don't understand is, first of all, the, 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 the one thing that is common in this whole thing is Donald Trump screaming this. And until mm-hmm. he started screaming this, nobody said anything. Um, 50 times the courts, 60 times the courts, The courts, federal courts threw it out. There was no evidence of it. Trump's own attorneys said, oh, there's no fraud. We just didn't like something or the way something was done. The Supreme Court twice told them to take a hike. Mm. Why are people still talking about this? Why are these people who call themselves patriots? Now, I'm a patriot. I spent 14 years in, in the United States Navy, and I love my country. And I put myself and my life on the line for my country, not for those idiots that stormed the Capitol. And if I had known that they had done something like that, I would have took a second thought before I would have even did anything like that. I wish they would ever call themselves a patriot. They wouldn't give their lives for anything for this country. Now for Donald Trump, maybe they would because Donald Trump of course is wants to be a dictator, but I can't understand anybody calling a man.
1: No, well, no, they're no, following no. a
2: man and not their country. L- 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 look at the facts.
1: If Again, you're going, going a little. Important- listen, I I was on board hearing your thoughts up until the very end. Why did you have to sour it by saying he was a di- he's a dictator?
2: Is there, let me ask you one question: What was more important to them, Donald Trump words and his lies, or their country? What was more important to them?
1: Okay, thank you, Damon. I'll, I'll appreciate that, but I'll answer it. Here's here's what I think the people that were onto the capitol i don't think that they were storming in there because uh donald trump commanded them to do so and i think anyone that says that is only doing it in order to try to build a defense for themselves because they were caught being the caught being stupid Uh, maybe that's even a light way to put it but what i feel that they are going to say and what they have done and they looked at it and said there's so many things we fought for as this country we don't want to give those things up. And I'm again, I'm not trying to defend them because I never would defend the ones that broke into the Capitol building. I, I think anyone that is caught breaking into the Capitol building, I have no problem with them getting the maximum sentence. I will wouldn't think twice about it. Wouldn't lose a wink of sleep thinking that they, for their stupidity for doing something like that, would be in jail for 10 years. Doesn't I wouldn't think twice about it. But to try to go back and to say, um, they're doing it because they followed the man is wrong. I think what they followed is the idea that we need to turn things back and turn away from government. Think about what Donald Trump stood for. He was the anti-politician. We want to put America first. We want to make sure we are putting ourselves in the best position. We want to make sure we take care of our own people. We don't want to start wars. We want to make sure people have jobs. We want to be law and order in all of these things he laid out. You would think that it would be a a, a perfect stance for a politician to go up there. But politicians didn't take hard stances on these things like he did. So when you think about him leaving and there are people that love the idea of what he stood for. um, This is what happens when people get angry. And. And. They go and do stupid things like that. I don't think that they were. I don't think Donald Trump was commanding them. I think they were motivated by other things. I think the ones that are saying that they were commanded by him are the ones that are just trying to get out of trouble now. Uh, Those are the high profile ones. And then again, think about the ones that actually went in there. Remember the horn dude, the guy that went in the Vikings horn or whatever? He's in the jail right now looking for uh, what dietary restrictions. He, He has a. What's his thing? It's like, oh, I do an all organic meal and I can't eat anything. This guy's so soft. (laughs) He's so soft. He's in prison. I need all organic food. So, again, these guys that were busting in here, we're not looking at them by any means like the, you know, the the heroes that serve this country. And no, it's they're definitely not definitely not on the same pedestal or anything like that. So, no, though they may call themselves that. No, thank you for serving this country. Not the same thing. I can see why you would be upset about that. Uh, I don't know if that answers any questions, but 314 436 7900. We'll take some more of your calls coming up after the weather on Overnight America KMOX. And here we are in Overnight America. It's kind of sidetracked. We had some other things that I was going to talk about, but I do like when we get you to interact in a way that uh, questions the things that I bring up. But this is good. You know, you're welcome to do that here. Let's go to Terry, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
3: Yes, sir. I mean, can anybody really believe that out of the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of mail-in votes that they were matched with signatures and registration cards and previous registration signatures, do you really believe that could happen?
1: No. And what interestingly enough in Arizona, this is the first I've heard of this, but I think it was with the former attorney general out there when they originally filed their complaint, mentioned that the threshold of the matching on the computer system was lower to such that. it it meant that there could be wild errors that got through. So the thing is, I just, I really don't know any of this, but can I tell you one thing that I haven't seen anywhere that I want to see and which will help me better understand this? And maybe if if someone listening tonight knows this answer, let me know. Of all the votes that came in absentee and mail-in, how many of them were invalidated? So what is the number of invalidated votes? So let's say hypothetically there was 100 million votes. How many were invalidated total? If that number is close to zero, I think that statistically speaking, that cannot be true. Um, And the reason I bring this up is because in New York as a state over the summer in 2020, they did a sample mail-in ballot uh, vote. It was for a Democratic primary in the state of New York, a large state, a lot of different people ended up putting their vote through. And when they did that, they invalidated close to 20 percent of the votes that were mailed in 20 percent based on not meeting the threshold of what the laws are in the state. So this I mean, I want to find this somewhere. I would love to find this statistic. I just haven't seen it anywhere. What are the number of invalidated ballots that were processed? And I haven't I don't know if they have that anywhere. So if anyone's seen that, please, please, please message that to me. And what news source you got it from? I'd like to see it. Uh, 314-436-7900. The, the process to verify all of those. Um, I, you know, it's not like a hanging Chad situation where they have to go through and have one person with his glasses up above his eyebrow trying to figure out if the punch was there or not. It wasn't as time intensive as something like that. But then again, what was that process? Um Let's go to Mike. Welcome to Overnight America.
4: Hello, how you
3: doing? Good. Hey, uh, I sort of agree with you on that, but you know, voter fraud is there, but it's not going to overturn the election. Uh, the question yeah. I have is, uh, you know, President Elect Biden has been calling for unity, mm-hmm. and now's the time when we probably need it. But we also have the new incoming Senate which Schumer will be in charge, who has basically said he's considering getting rid of the filibuster. Mm -hmm. So will that still continue unity when the Democrats get rid of the filibuster in the Senate?
1: Mm, Good question. I think that the lowering of the threshold will come back to haunt them, much like when Harry Harry Reid lowered the threshold before and it came back to haunt them. And that's part of the problem that the process of checks and balances is when you have the power and you use it in order to try to make it harder for your opposition to raise uh, an issue always comes back to bite you because it always swings back the other way at some point. And then that mechanism is going to be gone by your own doing and you have no one to blame. And now look, uh, by the way, that really benefited the Republicans during Trump's administration. I think greatly took advantage of that and rightfully so. So keep in mind if they're thinking about lowering and getting rid of the filibuster altogether, and that's going to come back and it's not going to come back good. And we might not like it now as Republicans, but, It's a tool they'll use in the future, and they're going to probably be ten times louder than the Republicans are right now, who doesn't seem to be screaming too loud about it. Uh, Thank you, Mike. Will that help with unity? Probably not. I, I think that unity under the threshold, or it being relative to what you want. So, those are some confusing words I just threw at you. Let me let me put this real quick. If unity is only what you believe in, then it's not unity, right? If unity is you have to take what I am advocating for and you have to get behind me in line and then we'll call it unity, that is not the case. Unity is finding that common ground, working together on things, realizing that we do have a greater problem to tackle here and fussing in a feud and isn't getting it done. Unity is coming together to try to get it done in a bipartisan way. So if unity to the Democrats is that, hey, we're going to get rid of the filibuster, you got to do what we say. And if you don't, then you're going to be the ones that aren't out for unity. Hey, it's our way or the highway. That's not unity. And unfortunately, that's kind of how the Democrats have operated in so many different ways. That's how they work. That's their MO. They've done that. Oh, man, just think of everything else that they've done it on a social level for, and all of these social issues that have been brought up. That's exactly the same game plan that they've used. So let's just keep that in mind. It is dangerous. It's it's as a governmental level, it is a dangerous thing that they're treading on. Let's go to Larry. Welcome to Overnight America.
4: Unity should be all encompassing, but it's unfortunately that's not that's not the dictates. You know, yeah. I put a post I put a post up. I got my candle going here. I, I got it deleted right away. All right. Time is getting time is getting short for our time is getting short for President Trump. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for independence on oil, peace in the Middle East, border control for safety, standing up to China, lower tax rates, a love for America, standing up against abortion. Job well done, sir. Yeah, boy, that, a lot of it was things. like it was like Halloween. It just vanished. <laughs> Secondly, Ryan,
1: huh? <laughs> You're talking about the the COVID restrictions just vanished. No, I'm like, talking uh, yeah. about
4: my. I'm talking about my text.
1: Oh, I see. Not, I got you to
4: the pres to the president, not not mm-hmm. to the dictator. To the president that did all those good things. And lastly, Ryan, you know the first university in America was Harvard.
1: Hmm. Okay.
4: Did you know that? No, you know what their you know what their motto was? What's that? For Christ and the Church.
1: Oh, no kidding! I didn't know that either.
4: <laughs> yeah, in wow. in, uh, in eight in sixteen thirty nine, I've got a, a paper my deceased pastor wrote on someone that wrote something about the foundation of Christianity. I would love to send this to you. Can I send it to KMOX and put on uh, Carol Ryan Recker on it, or how would that work?
1: Yeah, send it over. Just do that and I'd love what's to read the, What's it. the nice. address there? It's online. I don't have it memorized. It's like 1220 Olive, I believe. Yeah, I would send this in the mail. Because yeah, it's that.
4: a paper copy. I'm not retyping this. It's two pages.
1: <laughs> send it but on over. It's a, a
4: very it's a it, it will show you the history going all the way back to 1620 and the Pilgrims and quotations about actually what transpired with Christianity in America. uh, It fits like a
1: glove. Awesome. Well, thank you, Larry. Good to hear from you. I'll I'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, Send it when you want. So there's no rush, but I'll keep an eye out for it. 314-436-7900. I see a text message that came in. If Joe Biden signs an executive order to make McDonald's bring back high C, I will consider his presidency a success. Wow, it doesn't really take much now, does it, to look at things as a success. But it's kind of um I guess I can take that in to other directions and say, if all it takes is an executive order or whatever it is to bribe you to like him. So let's look at the latest coronavirus checks that are going to be going out here. When they take the lead in the Senate, when you have the new seats being sworn in on Friday, and then they start taking up the new coronavirus stimulus package, which could have $1,400 checks in there. Listen, it's it's the old thing that you heard before when it came to President Obama, when he was up for reelection and ended up beating Mitt Romney. It's hard to beat Santa Claus. So if we're going to be uh because of the fighting of the coronavirus in the real def- difficult pinch our economy's been in that we're finding new ways to use government stimulus money and your tax dollars in order to reinvest it back into you in hopes to keep the economy going based to offset some of these other restrictions that are going on if we're just going to keep saying okay we're just going to continuously give money 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 out In this case, if we're just going to try to find ways to give high C out, it's very easy to bribe people with little things like that or even grand things like that in order to make it look like your administration is winning. When the grand philosophy of things, there could be a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that are questionable that you don't agree with, that it's going to be difficult to turn away the free money for a lot of people. It's hard to beat Santa Claus. We've seen that before. That's the thing I worry about. We'll take some more of your calls coming up on Overnight America KMOX.
2: Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring.
1: The flooring experts. michaelsflooringoutlet.com There was a executive order that was signed today. Executive order on building the National Garden of American Heroes. And the executive order that was issued um, in the past, building and rebuilding monuments to American heroes, which is something that happened back in July of 2020. Um, They looked into it and basically the purpose is to chronicle the history of American heroes. And it was announced during his address, apparently in Mount Rushmore. This would have been the July one, I guess. And the idea is to have a garden open to the public where legends of America's past will be remembered. And he came up with 244 names to be remembered. When they use the term statue, I don't exactly know what that looks like, but 244 statues would indicate this is a pretty big garden. And I went through some of the names, and I didn't um, recognize all of them. But it reminded me of that Billy Joel song where he goes through and he names a bunch of people. We didn't start the fire. And I think about in the future, In high school, there's going to be teachers that are going to assign that every single one of these names are documented and properly cited as an exercise. And every high school kid that's forced to do that exercise will completely hate doing it because it'll be a giant pain. And you know what? It's going to be 244 names, but it'll be a good way for them to learn American history. So I went through it. Let me see if I could name some of the larger ones that you would recognize. So John Adams is in there. Samuel Adams, Muhammad Ali, Susan B. Anthony, Louis Armstrong, Neil Armstrong, Alexander Graham Bell, Irving Berlin, Humphrey Bogart. So you're seeing that there's politicians, musicians, actors, sports, you know, with Muhammad Ali and cultural, I should say, inventors. There's a wide range of American heroes, um, uh, American legends. Uh, Here's some more. Daniel Boone, of course, has the local connections here in St. Charles. Uh, William Bradford, Herb Brooks, which is interesting. I like that. Kobe Bryant's on there. William F. Buckley Jr. Now, that's a big one, too. Uh, Broadcast, I guess you can say. Philosopher, conservative philosopher. Frank Capra's on there. Andrew Carnegie, George Washington Carver. Johnny Cash, Johnny Appleseed, Ray Charles, Julia Child. So you're getting television entertainers and musicians and there's some more too. Henry Clay, Samuel Clemens, another great connection to Missouri, you know, Mark Twain. Roberto Clemente, so another athlete. Uh, Grover Cleveland is what we discussed with Rich Rubino in the next hour. We'll bring up uh, Grover Cleveland again. Nat King Cole, Samuel Colt, Christopher Columbus, Calvin Coolidge. Davy Crockett, Miles Davis, Dorothy Day, Emily Dickinson, Walt Disney, Great Missouri Ties to Walt Disney, Frederick Douglass, Thomas Edison, Albert Einstein, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry Ford, Aretha Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, Milton Friedman, great thinker, Robert Frost, Lou Gehrig, Theodore Seuss, so Dr. Seuss, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in there, Barry Goldwater, Ulysses S. Grant, again, another great tie to the local area, Woody Guthrie, Alexander Hamilton, Ernest Hemingway, Alfred Hitchcock, Billy Holiday, Bob Hope, John uh, Hopkins, Sam Houston, Whitney Houston, uh, Edwin Hubble, Thomas Jefferson, Steve Jobs, Helen Keller, JFK, Francis Scott Key, Martin Luther King Jr., Abraham Lincoln, Vincent Lombardi, <laughs> James Madison, Thurlgood Marshall, William McKinley, Samuel Morse, like Morris code. Uh, Edward Murrow, broadcaster news, great legend in that sense with awards named after him. Annie Oakley, Jesse Owens, Rosa Parks, George S. Patton, uh, good old Patton, Edgar Allan Poe, Elvis Presley, Ronald Reagan, Walter Reed, William Rehnquist, Paul Revere, Jackie Robinson. Norman Rockwell, Eleanor Roosevelt, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, Betsy Ross, Babe Ruth, Antonin Scalia, Norman Schwarzkopf, Alan Shepard, Frank Sinatra, Jimmy Stewart, William Howard Taft, Shirley Temple, Nikola Tesla, Jim Thorpe, Alex Trebek, Harry S. Truman, another Missouri top course, Harriet Tubman, Sam Walton, Booker T. Washington, George Washington, John Wayne, ah, getting the Duke in there, Walt Whitman, Frank Lloyd Wright, The Architect, uh, Orville Wright and Wilbur Wright, Cy Young in there, too. What a wide, wide range of people that were influential. Those are the ones I recognize. There's a lot of names that I did not recognize right off the bat. I had to Google search and look them up. But of the 244 names, you start to look at how many of them had very positive impacts on our country and did positive things for our country two hundred and forty four American heroes were named, all of which is part of that order. I don't know what that'll look like. Who knows? I don't know where that'll be. I don't know where it could go. Don't know. Does any of it matter? It's at least a nice tribute on a way at the end of a presidency in his administration to say this is uh, something that I think would be nice for us to have a nice garden to honor the heroes of our country. One of the at least red flags that popped up in my mind, is that how we revise history so frequently and go back and look at people in different lights. So who knows in the future, one day they'll go back and they'll say, okay, look at what they did. And some of these names, oh boy, what we found out about them. Uh, 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 uh. We're going to have to take them off the heroes list. And that number will dwindle down. And first it'll be 243 and then 240, and then 230. And then next thing you know, If this society, what we're seeing today, is any indication of what will be happening in the future, there will be someone out there that will be angry at every single one of those names on the list. They'll disagree with them, and then they'll wonder, should we honor anyone? Is there such thing as an American hero because we're all so terrible? That's what I'm afraid will happen in the future. And is it that unrealistic to think that's the direction they would take it? Is it really? just kind of makes me sad. And why do I always look at the dark, gloomy side? You're going to find this hard to believe. But before I moved here, I was living in Indiana and I was part of the Optimist Club. The Optimist Club. I know. It doesn't sound right. It, it's You think, no, this you're such a huge fraud to be part of that club. I wanted to be part of a service club. I wanted to do things to help the community, you know, fundraise and give back. And the Optimist Club t- was the, the one that was closest to where I was. <laughs> So I, it was a matter of convenience. But I also learned and uh, connected to some great charities in that area, which uh, I do miss the guys over there. So I, I look back and think, okay, maybe I'm more of a pep- pessimist than anything else. I should be looking in the future and trying to make things better. All right, so when we come back in the next hour, Rich Rabino's is joining us. Great look into history. What exactly will happen with the impeachment? And why was Grover Cleveland trending? All of those things. Next hour on Overnight America KMOX.